0: It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them, 401-885-4209. You're listening to The John DiPietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. While he was finally in court, Brian Walsh, and we're learning a lot more about his actions with his wife missing. Let's pick it up. This is Brian Walsh in court. In Quincy, regarding facing murder charges, his wife Anna Walsh. is at, at present. You're also charged
1: with entering a body did without well, authority, did willfully dig up or remove human remains. Not guilty. Please will be entered. Do you understand those charges, Mr. Walsh? I do. I'll hear from the counsel. Yes, thank you, Your Honor. Um, we're not contesting bail or probable cause, so we would ask that he be relieved. Thank you, Ms. Meyer, but I have to satisfy myself with probable
2: cause. Thank you. Thank That's you, Your, your
1: Honor. Me. Lynn D. for the Commonwealth. The defendant is now before the court charged with murder of his wife, Anna Walsh, as well as dysentery of the body. Anna was 39 years old and the mother of three children, two, four, and six. Anna worked in Washington, D.C., splitting her time weekdays between D.C. during the week and uh, staying in her house in Cohasset where she lived with the defendant and their three kids. On January 4th of 2023, Cohasset police received um, a call from her Washington D.C. employee indicating that she was missing. Um, She was due to report uh, to work on January 4th but did not appear. She had a flight on January 3rd from Logan to D.C. which she did not board police went to the house at Chief Justice of Cushing Highway for a well-being check. It was only at this time well, when they met with the defendant that he first reported his wife missing. Defendant stated his wife left the house at approximately 6 a.m. on January 1st, New Year's Day. He stated she took an Uber or a Lyft uh, to go to the airport, that she was turning to D.C. for work. Records were checked and there were no Uber or Lyft to that house on January 1st. The defendant said he had not spoken uh, to his wife since the early morning hours on New Year's Day. Pahasset police were granted permission to Bing um, on his phone to locate her or her phone. his phone indicated that it was stationary in the area of the Pahasset house on New Year's Eve until 3.14 a.m. on January 2nd. There were no outgoing calls made at that time and at 3.14 a.m. on the 2nd it was turned off. Defendant stated Anna should have been wearing a dress, a black jacket, hunter boots, watch, ring, as well as carrying a proud purse. Defendant gave a timeline of 6 or 6.10 a.m. on the 1st when he last saw her. What I'd like to do now is just describe his actions on the days from January 1st. Defendant indicated on January 1st uh, at 3 p.m. he did some errands and went to his mother's house in Swampstead but glossed. Um, because he didn't have his phone. He said he knew it was lost when he saw the pirate ship on Route 1. The defendant stayed, stayed 15 minutes, then went to Whole Foods and CVS. Surveillance was checked, and he did not enter either of those stores. On January 4th, 1st, defendant Googled using his son's iPad. Some of his searches are as follows. Keep in mind that the defendant said he left at 16, 6 a.m. At 4.55 a.m. on January 1st, he searched how long before a body starts to smell. At 4.58 a.m., how to stop a body from decomposing. At 5.20 a.m., he searched how to bomb a body. At 5.47 a.m., 10 ways to dispose dispose of a dead body if you really need to. At 6.25 a.m. on the 1st, how long for someone to be missing to inherit. At 6.34 a.m. on the first, can we throw away body parts? At 9.29 a.m., what does formaldehyde do? At 9.34 a.m., on the first, how long does DNA last? At 9.59 a.m., can identification be made on partial remains? At 11.34 a.m., dismemberment and the best ways to dispose of a body. At 11.44, how to clean blood from wooden floor? At 11:56 on the first, Luminol to detect blood. At 1:08, what happens when you put body parts in ammonia? At 1:21 p.m., is the better to throw scene clothes away or wash them? Those were on the January first. There was also information came from the defendant's phone, which showed on January second, he was at Home uh, Goods in Norwell, where he purchased three rugs. There were also more Google searches on January 2nd. At 12.45 p.m., tax law best tool to dismember. At 1.10 p.m., can you be charged with murder without a body? At 1.14 p.m., can you identify a body with broken teeth? On January 2nd, all windows, uh, the defendant uh, was seen on surveillance at the Home Depot in Rockland. In checking the surveillance, the defendant is observed on a security camera pushing a cart. Items included cleaning products, mops, brushes, tape, top, type, um a wreck suit with boot covers, buckets, goggles, <clears throat> baking soda, a hatchet. He had a face mask and rubber gloves on at the time he was pushing the cart in Home uh, Depot at 5:32. He was seen at the Jordan Street in hang can now removing moving gloves and a mask. Uh, data from the phone also tracked his whereabouts on January 3rd. Uh, locations uh, were traveled at 427 on January 3rd to an apartment complex in Appington. Surveillance shows the defendant's Volvo, as well as a male fitting the defendant's appearance, exit a car near the dumpster. He walks to the dumpster carrying a garbage bag. He's leaning and it appears to be heavy as he has to it, heft it into the dumpster. He walks to the dumpster with a uh, garbage bag uh, and leaves it. On 4.48, we hit another complex in Abington, and at 5.10 p.m., cell phone shows records at another apartment in Brockton. Video shows um, a party consistent with uh, his appearance and his Volvo. Again, he discarded items in the dumpster. On January 3rd, that same day, at 1.02 p.m., he did some more uh, Google searches. What happens to hair on a dead body? At 1.13 p.m., what is the rate of decomposition of a body found in a plastic bag compared to on a surface in the woods? At 1.20 p.m., can baking soda mask or make a body smell good? On January 4th, uh, the following day, the defendant went to HomeGoods and G T- J Maxx. He purchased towels, as well as bath mats and men's clothing. At 4.15 that day, on the 4th, he went to Lowe's, where he purchased squeegees and a trash can. On January 4th, when Cassette police went to the house uh, on a well-being check, officers observed his Volvo with seats down and a plastic liner in the back of the car. The next day, a view of the Volvo showed his seats folded down, long that with some dirt, and the carpet appeared to show fresh vacuum streaks. When asked about the of the defendant said he threw it in the trash. Chemists uh, later uh, analyzed the car and it was present in the car. On January 5th, a review of the data from the defendant's phone showed his phone traveled at 8 a.m. First Tuesday here, and then to Swampskick, where his mother resides. The phone traveled to the complex where his mother lives at 9:30 a.m. Went for about five minutes around the building to the southeast corner. In the southeast corner of that complex uh, is where there was a dumpster. The dumpster was later uh, secured and searched. On January 8th, police and crime scene services searched the house in Cahawissa. They found blood in the basement, a knife with the presence of blood the knife was damaged. A second knife was also found in that basement. In addition, there was heavy duty lodge top, plastic liners purchased from that Home Depot trip. As part of the investigation, uh, police checked for activity on honest credit cards, banks, flights, trains. There was no activity um, since she was last seen on January 1st. Um, Police also tried to track down what happened to the bags that the defendant was seen throwing in the dumpster earlier. Um, this was over in Abington. These bags and what was in them were already picked up and taken to a location for shredding and being incinerated. By the time police located that, they were already destroyed. However, investigators did secure and search the dumpsters from the uh, defendant's mother's complex in Swampscott. It was searched at a transfer station in puberty. Investigators recovered 10 trash bags. Inside the trash bags, many of these items contained uh, stains uh, consistent with blood, a lot. Among the items secured were towels, rags, slippers, tape, Tyvek suit, gloves, cleaning agents, pockets, rugs, hunter boots, purse, a COVID-19 vaccine card in the name Alana Walsh, a hacksaw, a hatchet and some cutting shears. The purse and boots were described as what Anna was last seen in. A portion of the rug was heavily stained with red brown stains. The substance was consistent with also having baking soda on it. There was a portion of a necklace consistent with one that Anna had been seen wearing in photos. The state crime lab performed testing on a certain selected items that were recovered from those trash bags. There was human blood one found found on them, and then they were sent for DNA testing. The findings are as follows. On the slippers in the interior, Anna and Brian Walsh were contributors to the DNA on those slippers which had blood on them. On the exterior, Anna and Brian Walsh contributed to the DNA found on those slippers. The Tyvek suit. On the interior cuffs, Anna and Brian Walsh contributed to the DNA that was left on them. On the exterior partially, on the exterior left pant leg, Anna Walsh was a contributor to the DNA. On the interior right sleeve, Anna Walsh was uh, a contributor to the DNA that was found on the hybrid uh, suit. There was tissues which found that Anna Walsh contributed to the DNA. Uh, there was one other on earlier Google search, which would be a note, on December 27th, Defendant googled, what's the best state to divorce from the end? Rather than divorce, it believed that Ryan Walsh dismembered Anna Walsh and discarded her body. The bags were later discarded in Swampsburg and contained uh, Anna's property and the items used to clean up, as well as the DNA that was left behind. The Commonwealth is asking a the defendant be held without bail for the murder of his wife. Thank
3: you, Mr. heard at all?
1: No, Your Honor. Thank you. All right.
3: The defendant will be
1: held without bail, uh, pending indictment. Do uh, we have a date for probable cause, com- or is there a time for the jury? Not at this time, but I will. Um, Your Honor, we have a uh, date of February 7th already for the... Um, the okay. 9th. Yeah. Oh, February 9th, as well, um, If you we want to put on the status on that date. And that's by Zoom, Your Honor, correct? By Zoom. Yes, Do you want a status date or problem cause date? Status date is fine. Okay. Every night for status, please. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Well, so, sir, you held out deal until February 9th,
3: 2023, for status date. Well, sir, thank you.
0: That's what it sounded like in court. It's gruesome. Boy, they have a solid case. There's a lot to unpacked there as they say so to speak starting with the you know googling how long before you can inherit this was over the money this business of divorce it sounds like divorce was pending i learned from some of her friends in dc she was going to bring her three young boys with her to dc he came up with an alternate plan and that was to kill her in the early morning hours of new year's day That is remarkable that when the police went on the well-being check, there's the Volvo with the seats down and a plastic liner there. What's unfortunate is that the police did not right there start asking questions about that. He then vacuumed the car. They still found her blood in the car. The searches are very damning. It sounds like He was able to get rid of her body parts in Brockton and Abington. These different dumpsters. Also, though, they did find her COVID card. Amongst other items. So, again, that's Brian Walsh. You get good insight as to what he did in the aftermath of that. How to get blood out of a wood floor. So... Who knows exactly where it happened? We don't know where the wood floor is, but, and the whole business of, well, there's a lot. There's a lot that you just heard there. Again, that is the murder charge on Brian Walsh. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. For over 125 years, AmeriPrize Financial has provided advice for clients, unique goals help millions of americans retire on their terms now as we're at the end of the year beginning of a new year why not take advantage of our free consultation call tom bryan today ameriprise financial 401-434-1510 offices located 400 Massasoit avenue in east providence put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for, for you through a personal one-on-one relationship call tom bryan today AmeriPrize Financial Advisors, 401 434 1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation, AmeriPrize Financial, 401 434 1510. Call right now, 401 434 1510. Tom Bryan, AmeriPrize Financial Advisors. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DiPietro.com. You know, I almost feel obligated to play five key takeaways from Governor McKee and his state of the state speech. I'll say this about the governor, and it's nothing really, it's nothing against him personal. But, you know, remember the old ad of like uh, the guy hits his forehead and says, I could have had a V8? the state could have had could have had helena folks governor mckee to me he is there, there were there are some managers and they coach double a AA ball triple a ball maybe they're the manager of the of the paw Sox, but they're just not cut out to coach a real major league team that's how i view this governor again it doesn't mean he's not a good manager it doesn't mean he's not a good guy and the nice family and blah 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 but he's just, he's not a big time player. He's not. So all of his ideas and concepts and style, they were all very mediocre, middle of the road. He's a 250 hitter at best. All right, let's listen. I'll, uh, I'll let Channel 12 do their state he wants of the state. To
4: put money back- the governor outlined yeah, his plans to offer Rhode Islanders relief from the rising cost of living during his state of the state address tonight.
3: 12 News reporter Kim Colonian was there for the speech and joins us now with what you need to know. Kim?
4: Well, the governor's official budget proposal, which will include that tax relief, is set to be unveiled on Thursday. But in his state of the state address, the governor outlined how he plans to ease the burden of inflation.
3: So now you can clap for that. Tax relief is good.
4: In his first state-of-the-state State address since being elected to Rhode Island's top job, Governor Dan McKee says he plans to use the state's excess cash to offer broad tax relief for residents.
0: We know that Rhode Islanders are still dealing with rising prices at the grocery store, on utility bills, and at the gas pump.
4: McKee proposes cutting the state's sales tax incrementally, starting by reducing it to 6.85% down from the current 7 He also wants to forego the $0.03 increase on the gas tax, freezing it at roughly $0.34 a gallon. And McKee wants to give Rhode Islanders a tax rebate on energy bills and eliminate the so-called litter tax for businesses.
0: The budget I'll put forward this week will continue providing economic relief for Rhode Island families.
4: On the topic of affording a place to live and the ongoing homelessness crisis, McKee vowed to build a robust Department of Housing just one week after his housing secretary resigned amid criticism.
0: But one person, one department,
3: or even one entire administration can't address this problem alone.
4: The governor spent a large portion of his speech on one of his other top priorities, education, praising the work of the commissioner and superintendent of Providence Public Schools on the state turnaround and calling for what he referred to as a targeted modification of the state's education funding formula with the goal of improving outcomes and putting Rhode Island on par with its higher-achieving neighbor.
0: In our first hundred days of my full term we will be outlining a plan to reach massachusetts education levels by 2030. not happening and the governor
4: said he also plans to tackle potholes and litter fast-track infrastructure projects oh. and invest in the state's burgeoning life sciences sector at the state house i'm kim kalunian 12 news
3: Kim, thank you. Meanwhile, State House Republicans have responded to Governor McKee's address.
4: Immediately following his speech, Senate Minority Leader Jessica De La Cruz offered the response from the state's GOP, focusing on several key proposals from the governor's speech, including lowering that sales tax.
2: In his plan, the governor offered many ideas for how to spend the projected $610 million surplus. Republicans, however, want to provide immediate relief. Our state overtaxed Rhode Islanders. That's right. And now it's time to send a refund. Yep. Therefore, we will be introducing legislation to require taxpayers to get money back as they do in other states.
0: Oh, I like that.
2: Under their proposal,
4: state Republicans are proposing a 5% sales tax and suspending the state's gas tax.
0: You know, so I'm gonna analysis of oh, tonight's state of
3: the state address. We're joined continue. in studio by twelve Ted news politics Nisi. editor Ted Nisi. There Ted speech is a big moment every year mm-hmm. for every governor. It's their chance to kind of try to set the stage and for their agenda at the statehouse. Yeah, Mike, I'd argue there's really no moment on the political calendar where a governor has the spotlight to himself or herself as much as tonight. And that's why governors and their advisors take this speech so seriously. Like all state of the state addresses, this went through a lot of drafts, a lot of evidence. Edits. There was plenty of internal debate over what priorities should make it into the speech, which one should be left out, all with an eye on persuading the General Assembly and the public to support the governor's agenda during the coming months of the legislative session. Ted, ahead of the speech, we caught up with Rhode Island's most powerful lawmaker, House Speaker Joe Secarchi, wasn't making any specific commitments yet.
4: I think grounds are hurting, and we have to do something, and I recognize that. But we have to be cognizant of the fact we don't want to do anything short-sighted that's going to tr- trigger a bunch of cuts later on down the road. So or tax increases, by the way, for that matter, right. too.
3: So right there you have it, Mike. Legislative leaders, they're going to have their own ideas, their own priorities about how to spend the $610 million surplus, uh, issues like housing. So McKee's going to now have to really work behind the scenes. Tonight was in front of the curtain to try to get his agenda passed before the end of the session in June. All right. 12 years Politics Center. All
0: right. I want to play uh, Jessica, de, State Senator Jessica de la Cruz, who um, I sure like what, in fact, she had to say. And, you know. She, um, I thought she had a better night than Governor McKee. And I want to, she's more in tune with what people want, what people need. He is, um, he, the guy is just the definition of the status quo. And it's, he's like the manager, the coach of a failing team who just keeps calling the same plays. So I want to play. This is state Senator Jessica de la Cruz, her response to the governor. Hello, Rhode Islanders.
2: My name is Jessica Cruz. I'm the minority leader in your Rhode Island Senate. As a daughter of Portuguese immigrants, a working mom of three school-aged boys, a dedicated wife, and a lifelong Rhode Islander, I come to you tonight committed to making sure that this state that we love, with its beautiful coastlines, vibrant communities, and resilient, hardworking people, is on a stable path forward with its best days yet to come. This time every year, we pause to assess our progress and reassess our priorities for the years to come. But to learn from our mistakes, we need to be honest in our assessment. The issues I will touch on tonight did not start because of the pandemic. So it's time to stop blaming our systemic problems on COVID. The governor has put forth his 2030 plan, and it's important to recognize that we agree on many of the issues facing our state, but our solutions are very different. Republicans will continue to put forth legislation and policy-based solutions to create not only structural changes to benefit Rhode Islanders long term, but also provide immediate relief to our residents who are struggling daily to make ends meet. Tonight, I would like to touch on three issues, the economy, the housing crisis, and the education of our children. First, our economy. In his plan, the governor offered many ideas for how to spend the projected $610 million surplus. Republicans, however, want to provide immediate relief. Our state overtaxed Rhode Islanders, and now it's time to send a refund. Therefore, we will be introducing legislation to require taxpayers to get money back as they do in other states. We're going to need your help to get this done. So please consider testifying in person or in writing once this legislation is ready to be heard in committee. Email, call your legislators, because remember, we work for you. And while we're at it, let's make bold tax reforms. We should decrease our sales tax to finally make Rhode Island more competitive. Let's have people from Massachusetts shop here in Rhode Island for a change. Let's lower our seven percent sales tax to five like percent so it. we can do even better than Massachusetts, Good. which is at six and a quarter percent. Yep. Why does Rhode Island continue to be so timid and lackadaisical with tax policy? That's right. We cannot and will not prosper without bold tax reform. That's right. As for immediate relief, as gas prices were going through the roof last year, I submitted legislation to temporarily suspend the entire gas tax, which would have put $75 million back into the hands of our friends and neighbors. That would have been a real relief to ease the burden on all Rhode Islanders. That legislation, however, was rejected. Now the governor's proposed $0.03 cent per gallon tax relief is too little too late. We need a bold action, not indecision. Yep. With the record inflation and the strong possibility She's that right. we will enter into a recessionary period, it's more important than ever that we are responsible stewards of the funds provided by your tax dollars. Right. Through legislative oversight, we must ensure Rhode Island is getting a good return on its investments made with our taxpayer dollars. Whether those investments are in the economy, education, health and human services, we cannot afford to blindly throw money at problems with no measurable results while our fellow Rhode Islanders are making the choice between heating their homes or putting groceries on their table. To that end, we're calling on Governor Dan McKee to dismiss his appeal of the unconstitutional truck tolls. That is a prime example of what it looks like to waste millions in taxpayer dollars. But the unions won't let him. Second, affordable housing and homelessness. In total, the legislature has appropriated $250 million for the housing crisis with no tangible progress by the governor. Unfortunately, our governor has yet to execute on this emergency. But even worse, he hasn't given it the attention. He knows it's needed since he took office in 2021. True. Just this past week, the governor's housing secretary had to resign when it was clear that he had no plan and no strategy to fix our housing crisis. No
0: plan, Dan.
2: And as a result of his poor choice in personnel, precious time was wasted. It's true. As President Ronald Reagan's personnel director famously said, personnel is policy. We need cabinet-level directors and secretaries with a proven track record of effectively working with stakeholders and actually following through with a well-executed plan. Third, and perhaps most importantly, is education. Our children have immense potential, but their progress is being stunted by a broken system. That's right. On average, we spend $20,000 per student annually Terrible. on kindergarten to 12th grade, and Crime.
0: yet
2: two out of three Rhode Island students are not proficient in English language arts. Three out of four students in Rhode Island are not proficient in math. And as the president and CEO of the Rhode Island Expenditure Council asserted just a couple of days ago, when it comes to education, Rhode Island should be embarrassed. This administration must stop failing our children. There must be a sense of urgency and we need to take decisive action now. Recently, three former mayors of Providence urged the new mayor to consider shifting to an all-public charter school system, the reason that in Providence, so many families have concluded that public charter schools offer better options for their kids. That's right. Two years ago, as I stood here before you, responding to then-Governor Raimondo's State of the State, I spoke about learning loss and the heart-wrenching Johns Hopkins report. Republicans urged immediate action and submitted legislation to stop the moratorium on new public charter schools, as well as allowing the expansion of existing public charter schools. Since then, I have received input from parents, teachers, and administrators, and was engaged in multiple oversight hearings on what the Department of Education has done to address this issue. Unfortunately, very little was done.
0: Because of the unions
2: this session republicans are submitting an ambitious legislative package that contain achievable solutions rhode island families deserve more choice and ownership in their child's education whether it's transforming to an all public charter school district expanding charter schools or creating educational savings accounts for private school enrollment there are solutions They will require creativity, resolve, and courage to stand up to those who benefit from the status quo.
0: The teachers Republicans
2: have repeatedly affirmed that access to a quality education is a civil rights issue of our time. We can no longer allow a child's zip code or a family's wealth to determine the quality of a child's education. It's critical that we as parents and lawmakers be the strongest advocates for our children's education. As the former Providence mayor emphasized, we need to lift up and amplify the voices of the families in order to effectuate the changes necessary. I say there is an appetite for change, especially when we have one school district with a demonstrated proficiency of only 5% in English and less than 5% in math. What I've learned in my four years in the Senate is that we need people to challenge the status quo, to present alternative solutions, Republicans can and have been effective in advocating for solutions. We know that working with our colleagues across the aisle is necessary, and often we must agree to disagree. Last year, in the wake of numerous reports of persons in positions of authority taking advantage of our children, we sponsored and passed legislation that closed a major loophole in our sexual assault laws. We also built a coalition of families, nurses, and other stakeholders to save Zamborano Hospital, Rhode Island's only state hospital, which is an acute care facility and a place that is near and dear to my heart. Our state has a -a once-in-a-generation opportunity.
0: We could take
2: bold action on housing, the economy, and our failing education system. We shouldn't squander their surplus and ARPA funds on gimmicks, pet projects, and insider deals. We must do the right thing, the just thing. And I believe that Rhode Island's best days are ahead if we realize our potential by putting the power and the money into the hands of the people of our state. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless Rhode Island.
0: All right, folks, that was State Senator Jessica De La Cruz. Very nice job. The only problem is Governor McKee. He's just not up to the job. All right. You're listening to The John DePietro Show it's getting cold already this winter keep your family your employees warm with matthews oil company call them today 401-942-7500 matthews oil company 24-hour emergency service for over four generations they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe trusted oil delivery call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 you can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer of rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled call matthews oil company today 401-942-7500 in an emergency they offer 24-hour emergency service Matthews Oil Company, four oh one nine four two seventy five hundred. The Cooey set in. 226 Coesit Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island Tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesit Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesit Avenue in West Warwick they're waiting for you at the Coesit Inn. you're listening to the john dipetro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm well he was finally in court brian walsh and we're learning a lot more about his actions with his wife missing let's pick it up this is brian walsh in court in quincy regarding facing murder charges his wife Anna walsh You're also charged
1: your with the return of a body, did block lawful authority, did willfully dig up or remove
3: human remains. Not guilty, please, will be entered. Do you understand those charges, Mr. Walsh? I do. I'll hear
2: from the common Yes, sir, Your Honor.
1: Um, we're not contesting bail or probable cause, so we would ask that if you be really... Thank you, Ms. Minor, but I have to satisfy myself with probable cause. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. Lynn B. Lynn for the Commonwealth. The defendant is now before the court charged with murder of his wife, Anna Walsh, as well as dysentery of the body. Anna was 39 years old and the mother of three children, two, four, and six. Anna worked in Washington, D.C., splitting her time weekdays between D.C. during the week and uh, staying in her house in Cohasset, where she lived with the defendant and their three kids. On January 4th of 2023, Cohasset Police received um, a call from her Washington, D.C. employee indicating that she was missing. Um, She was due to report uh, to work on January 4th, but did not appear. She had a flight on January 3rd from Logan to D.C., which she did not board. Cohasset Police went to the house at Chief Justice Cushing Highway for a well-being check. It was only at this time well, when they met with the defendant that he first reported his wife missing. Defendant stated his wife left the house at approximately 6 a.m. on January 1st, New Year's Day. He stated she took an Uber or a lift uh, to go to the airport, that she was returning to D.C. for work. Records were checked and there were no Uber or lifts to that house on January 1st. Defendant said he had not spoken uh, to his wife since the early morning hours on New Year's Day. Pahasset police were granted permission to bing um, on his phone to locate her or her phone. Anna's phone indicated that it was stationary in the area of the Pahasset house on New Year's Eve until 3.14 a.m. on January 2nd. There were no outgoing calls made at that time, and at 3.14 a.m. on the 2nd, it was turned off. Defendant stated Anna should have been wearing a dress, a black jacket, hunter boots, watch ring as well as carrying a private purse. Defendant gave a time of 6 or 6.10 a.m. on the 1st when he last saw her. What I'd like to do now is just describe his actions on the days from January 1st. Defendant indicated on January 1st uh, that 3 p.m. he did some errands and went to his mother's house in Swampscott, but but lost um, because he didn't have his phone. He said he knew he was lost when he saw the pirate ship on Route 1. Defendant stayed stayed 15 minutes, then went to Whole Foods and CBS. Surveillance was checked and he did not enter either of those stores. On January 1st, defendant Googled using his son's iPad. Some of his searches are as follows. Keep in mind that the defendant said he left at 6 a.m. At 4.55 a.m. on January 1st, he searched how long before a body starts to smell. At 4.58 a.m how to stop a body from decomposing. At 5.20 a.m., he searched how to bound a body. At 5.47 a.m., 10 ways to dispose, dispose of a dead body if you really need to. At 6.25 a.m. on the 1st, how long for someone to be missing to inherit? At 6.34 a.m. on the 1st, can we throw away body parts? At 9.29 a.m., what does formaldehyde do? At 9:34 a.m. on the first, how long does DNA last? At 9:59 a.m., can identification be made on partial remains? At 11:34 a.m., dismemberment and the best ways to dispose of a body. At 11:44, how to clean blood from wooden floor? At 11:56 on the first, all to detect blood. At 1:08, what happens when you put body parts in ammonia? At 1:21 p.m., the federal throw crime scene clothes away or washed them. But those were on the January 1st. There was also information came from the defendant's phone, which showed on January 2nd he was at Home uh, Goods in Norwell, where he purchased three rugs. There were also more Google searches on January 2nd at 12:45 p.m. Uh, caps off best 2 to dismember. At 1.10 PM, can you be charged with murder without a body? At 1.14 PM, can you identify a body without with broken teeth? On January 2nd, following those, uh, the defendant uh, was seen on surveillance at the Home Depot in Rockland. In checking the surveillance, the defendant is observed on a security camera pushing their car. Items included cleaning products, mops, brushes, tape, top, type, um, a tie suit with boot covers, buckets, garbage, baking soda, a hatchet. He had a face mask and rubber gloves on at the time he was pushing the cart in Home uh, Depot. At 532, he was seen at the Jordan Street in Hainham, and now removing gloves and a mask. Uh, data from his phone also tracked his whereabouts on January 3rd. Uh, locations uh, were traveled at 27 on January 3rd to an apartment complex in Aberdeen. Surveillance shows the defendant's Volvo, as well as a male fitting the defendant's appearance, exit a car near the dumpster. He walks to the dumpster carrying a garbage bag. He's leaning, and it appears to be heavy, as he has to heft it, heft it into the dumpster. He walks to the dumpster with a uh, garbage bag uh, and leaves it. On 4.48, he hit another complex in Abington and at 5.10 p.m., cell phone shows, records, at another apartment at Brockton. Video shows um, a party consistent with uh, his appearance and his logo Again, he discarded items in the dumpster. On January 3rd, that same day, at 1.02 p.m., he did some more uh, Google searches. What happens to here? body at 1 pm what is the rate of decomposition of a body found in a plastic bag compared to on a surface in the woods at 1 pm can baking soda mask or make a body smell good on january 4th uh, the following day the defendant went to home goods and t.j max he purchased towels as well as bath mats and men's clothing at 4.15 that day, on the 4th, he went to Lowe's, where he purchased squeegees and a trash can. On January 4th, when Passett police went to the house uh, on the well-being track, officers observed his Volvo with seats down and a plastic liner in the back of the car. The next day, a view of the Volvo showed his seats folded down, along that with some dirt, and the carpet appeared to show fresh vacuum streaks. When asked about the line the defendant said, he threw in the trash. Chemists uh, later uh, analyzed the car and there was present in the car. On January 5th, the review of the data from defendant's phone showed his phone traveled at 8 a.m. first Tuesday here and then to Swampstick where his mother resides. The phone traveled to the complex where his mother lives at 9.30 a.m., went for about five minutes around the building to the southeast corner in the southeast corner of that complex uh, is where there was a dumpster. The dumpster was later uh, secured and searched. On January 8th, police and crime scene services searched the house in Manhattan. They found blood in the basement, a knife with the presence of blood. The knife was damaged. A second knife was also found in that basement. In addition, there was heavy duty large top, plastic liners purchased from that Home Depot trip. As part of the investigation, uh, police check for activity on honest credit cards, bags, flights, trains. There was no activity um, since she was last seen on January 1st. Um, police also tried to track down what happened to the bags that the defendant was seen thrown in the dumpster earlier. Um, this was over in Abington. These bags and what was in them were already picked up and taken to a location for shredding, and and incinerated. By the time police located that, they're already destroyed. However, investigators did secure and search the dumpsters from uh, Defenders Mother's Complex in Swampskip. It was searched at a transfer station in Puget. Investigators recovered 10 trash bags. Inside the trash bags, many of these items contained uh, stains uh, consistent with blood, in fact, a lot. Among the items secured were towels, rags, slippers. Tape, Tyvek suit, gloves, cleaning agents, profits, rugs, hunter boots, Prada purse, a COVID-19 vaccine card in the name Alana Walsh, a hacksaw, a hatchet, and some cutting shears. The purse and boots were described as what Anna was last seen in. A portion of the rug was heavily stained with red-brown stains. The substance was consistent with also having baking soda on it. There was a portion of a necklace consistent with one that Anna had been seen wearing in photos. The state crime lab performed testing on a certain selected items that were uh, recovered from those trash bags. There was human blood one found found on them, and then they were sent for DNA testing. The findings are as follows. On the slippers in the interior, Anna and Brian Walsh were contributors to the DNA on those slippers which had blood on them. On the exterior, Anna and Brian Walsh contributed to the DNA found on the slippers. The Tyvek suit. On the interior cuffs, Anna and Brian Walsh contributed to the DNA that was left on them. On the exterior, partially. On the exterior, left pant leg, Anna Walsh was contributed to the DNA. On the interior, right sleeve, Anna Walsh was. Uh, a contributor to the DNA that was found on the uh, tiebreak suit. There was tissues which found that Anna Walsh contributed to the DNA. Uh, there was one other earlier Google search which would be a note. On December 27th, defendant Googled, what's the best state to divorce from the end? Rather than divorce, it believed that Ryan Walsh dismembered Anna Walsh and discarded her body. The bags will laid Scott in Swamska and contain uh Yana's property and the items used to clean up as well as the DNA that was left behind. The Commonwealth is asking that the defendant be held without bail for the murder of his wife. Thank you, Mr. Peter. You wish
3: to be heard at all. No, Your Honor, thank you.
1: All right. Defendant will be held without bail, uh, pending indictment. Uh will you a date for problem, or stealing the user? Not at this time, but I will. Um, Your Honor, we have a uh, date of February 7th already for the, no, I'm February 9th. Okay. February 9th. I
2: think it's
1: Oh, February 9th, I apologize. Um, if we want to put on the status on that day. And that's by Zoom, Your Honor, correct? By Zoom. Yes, you thank you. Do you want a status date or a probable cause date? Status date is probably okay. February 9th for uh, status, please. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor
3: so
0: that's what it sounded like in court it's gruesome boy they have a solid case there's a lot to unpack there as they say so to speak starting with the you know googling how long before you can inherit this was over the money This business of divorce. It sounds like divorce was pending. I learned from some of her friends in D.C. she was going to bring her three young boys with her to D.C. He came up with an alternate plan, and that was to kill her in the early morning hours of New Year's Day. That is remarkable that when the police went on the well-being check there's the volvo with the seats down and a plastic liner there what's unfortunate is that the police did not right there start asking questions about that he then vacuumed the car they still found her blood in the car the searches are very damning it sounds like he was able to get rid of her body parts in Brockton and Abington, these different dumpsters. Also, though, they did find her COVID card amongst other items. So again, that's Brian Walsh. You get good insight as to what he did in the aftermath of that, how to get blood out of a wood floor. So who knows exactly what happened? We don't know where the wood floor is, but, and the whole business of, well, there's a lot. There's a lot that you just heard there. Again, that is the murder charge on Brian Walsh. You're listening to The John DiPietro Show. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401 580 1852. Limitless Outdoors. They specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation. Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401 580 1852, based in Smithfield, Limitless Outdoors. They also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces. Limitless Outdoors. Call them today. Free quote. Get the most of your outside. You're going to love what they can do for you. 401 580 1852. 401 580 1852. Limitless Outdoors. Dream, build, enjoy. remain healthy stop in and see marie and it's my health 1099 Menden road in cumberland you can also look for her on facebook but call her 401-305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie 401 305 3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website dipietro.com folks visit the website on the website you'll see all our links to social media whether it's facebook or youtube instagram even TikTok. plus you if you want to reach me that's the best way to do it we have unique original stories videos contact log on right at the website dipietro.com Next time you have an emergency, think Atmed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. At Med Urgent Care, when you have an emergency. They specialize in ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At Atmed Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families. They're on duty at all times. They're open seven days a week. Walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical. Now, if you're in a car accident, go to Atmed Urgent Care. Avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms. They also do adult vaccinations, laboratory testing. At Med Urgent Care, when it's an emergency, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right, in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at atmedurgentcare.net.